After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I grew up singing, Oh, when the saints go marching in, Oh, when the saints go marching in, Lord, I want to be in that number, when the saints go marching in. Amen. I, and, you know, I grew up in Louisiana, so sometimes we were singing about the biblical saints and not just the football team. Um, but nevertheless, we, we sang it. It was an expectation. We, we turned to the scriptures because it tells us that if we overcome, it will be worth it. And we sang, let us be among that number. And so this morning... Because we are celebrating All Saints, the whole octave of All Saints, I want us to look at what the Bible tells us of who are the saints, where have the saints who have died gone, and how do we make sure we are in that final number spoken of in our epistle reading. Now, no matter what you've been told, the New Testament tells us that the saints quite simply, are those who believe in Christ, those who name Jesus as their Lord, those who are being sanctified, those who serve as faithful and true witnesses for Jesus on earth, and then those who dwell with him in paradise upon their death, awaiting the resurrection into the new heavens and new earth. They are folks like me and you who by the grace of God kept the main thing the main thing and overcame the world, just like our Savior did. So thus, if we want to be in that number with them when we die, we ought to be numbered with them while we live, following their faithful examples, dealing with the problematic sins that affect our witness in the world as they did. Like them, we must refuse to compromise on the demands which the gospel places upon us, just so that we can be socially acceptable. I guarantee you, if you want to wake up in the Lord's likeness, do not go woke now. Do not compromise. And persevere in faith and good works until the end. As the Didache would say, what good is it if you've been faithful all those years just to drop the ball at the end? We must persevere all the way to the end. If we follow their examples of living in the Lord, we can rest assured that we will die in the Lord and never be forsaken of his presence not now in this life, not then in life after death, and then ultimately not in life after life after death and the resurrection. But why does it all matter? 
Why do we have to choose this day whom we will serve? Because if a person does not make sure that they are running in the direction of the saints who have gone before, their finish line will not be heaven. Those who have chosen the way of the saints will be welcomed into paradise, while those who reject their way of life will be sentenced to torment. These are the two destinations awaiting humanity when they, like Fred Sanford said, I'm coming to see Elizabeth. Right? At that moment, depending on the way you have set the course of your life will be the course you take in death. Whether we see Elizabeth or not will be dependent upon what race we entered at the first death. When our souls abandon their bodies, those running the race of the saints will enter the place called paradise. It gets that name thanks to Jesus on the cross with, you know, St. Dismas. Today you will be with me in paradise. Because when Christ died, he descended into the grave, Sheol, Hades, down there to wherever Abraham's bosom was and says, I will not abandon you to the grave, come with me. So to the thief, to all that had died faithfully before him, he says, come unto me. It's time for some rest. And we can look forward to that if we've set our course aright. Those who die in the Lord will be able to enjoy their Lord and his presence forever. Although, when we enter life after death, Scripture does reveal that we will not enjoy the presence fully. It is true that here is the place Paul longed to enter in Philippians 1, 22-23, as it is a sublime and blissful experience of refreshment, better than anything we've got in this life. As St. Paul would say, I long to die and be with Messiah because it is far better than anything we got going on here. But yet it's still not complete because we will still have a sense of incompleteness since our souls will be separated from our bodies. This is what we see in Revelation 6, 9 through 10 where the martyrs of God are in heaven at the altar, at the foot of the altar, under the altar of God, and they say, How long, O Lord? How long are you going to let this stuff happen? So they're interceding for us here on earth. And he says, Rest, rest, not until the full number is reached. So this is what we're going to for those who run the race of the saints and it will be marvelous. But those who refuse to run the race of the saints, opting instead for the rat race of the world, they'll enter the place commonly called Hades, which the Bible reveals as a place of isolation and torment, gnashing of teeth, anger, and wailing sadness. It is the place of banishment from the presence of God and the life people were made to live. For those who banished God from their lives here on earth, 
he says, fine, thy will be done. Here's where you can go to be without me. And it is terrible. Where unbelievers will await the final judgment. It will be like waking up every day on death row with no chance of a stay of execution. That's the other race people can enter. And this temporary place of punishment is where the rich man makes his plea from in Luke 16, and where Jesus warns the Pharisees that they're headed because of their greed and love of money. Anyone whose life and love is of money and not God, heck, anything other than God, like the rich man, they will end up in that place, waiting for a resurrection into the lake of fire. Now you say, what about heaven and hell? All these stories we've heard, they're still coming. For they are the final destinations to be experienced bodily after our resurrection. As Jesus says in John 5, 28-29, do not be amazed at this. For the hour is coming when all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Or, as Daniel put it back in the Old Testament, those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Thus we see that for the saints, the race ends with the resurrection of the body to live and reign with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. But, well, to steal something else that comes from my childhood, you know, in the football games, when the saints were doing good, they were the saints. When they're doing bad, like most of the time, they were the ain'ts. So, here we have the saints can look forward to being in glory, resurrected bodily, to be with the Lord here on earth, to inherit it under the new heavens and the new earth. But the ain'ts, who ain'ts saints, those, the end is still resurrection of the body, but it will be cast into the lake of fire at what St. John the Divine says in Revelation is the second death. St. Augustine probably best describes this final stage of life after life after death, in the city of God. You can find it free online. Don't go buy another book. City of God, book 13, chapter 2. It's a fantastic section on the two deaths and how it works out. But especially the part where unbelieving souls are bodily resurrected and then abandoned by the God they had abandoned in life. This is the quote, Nevertheless, with the help of the grace of our Redeemer, we believers may be enabled to decline and avoid that second death. For that death, which means not the separation of the soul from the body, like the first death, but the union of both body and soul for eternal punishment, that is the more grievous death. It is the worst of all evils. There, by contrast, men will not be in the situations of before death and after death, but always in death. For this reason, 
They will never be living, never dead, but dying for all eternity. In fact, man will never be in death in a more horrible sense than in that state where death itself is deathless. So, we don't want to go there. So let's make sure we are running the race laid out for us by our Lord and modeled for us in the saints. Let us now, with confidence, draw near to our Lord's throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find the grace of our Redeemer to help us continue running the race that is set before us, following the saints' examples of looking to Jesus, accepting Jesus, serving Jesus, and living in Jesus now in this life so that we can do it for eternity. For the hour cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen.